the children of the Force. Welcome to episode 78 of Children of the Force, a podcast about Star Wars by one adult and his two kids. I'm Al Nawatsky, the adult. I'm Anna, and I'm 11. I'm Liam, and I'm 8. And uh, here we are, you know, at the beginning of the summer, I said we were in summer hours and that we'd do a podcast maybe once every two weeks or something. And uh, this is what we're doing. This is, uh, it's been a couple weeks, and we're back. And, uh, you know, summer, ugh, it's August, and... By the end of August, we start we start school after Labor Day, um, and we're going to be getting back to a more regular schedule then. But that also means we're getting back to school, which is happy and sad and happy, full happy, of happy, 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 <laughs> happy, happy, happy. Well, I was going to say full of mixed emotions, but maybe not mixed emotions for you, Anna. Well, uh, mostly mixed emotions, <laughs> but more happy than sad. Yeah, that's good. Liam, I think you're probably kind of looking forward to it. No, yeah, yeah, good friends and. French. Yeah, best good, part of school. Good, best part of school. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to it, you know, and, and I like the routine. I like having a routine. I like knowing what to expect Same. from the day. And uh, and summer is just, ah, it's all over the place. And, um, and it's fun. It's all mostly good stuff, right? But it's just like, ugh, I, I'm a person who really likes routine. And, uh, and maybe you are too, dear listener. And uh, we'll get back to that in about a month. But, uh, you know, here we are. Uh, and, um, we're going to talk about a little bit of Star Wars stuff we've been up to. Uh, I finally finished reading, uh, Rebel Rising and, uh, it was really good. Uh, I was thinking of maybe reading an excerpt from that book. Maybe I'll do that next episode. There's this really great part where, um, Saw Guerrera is talking about Stila and it's very emotional and, uh, kind of gives an idea of what he, uh, what his view is of what, what the rebellion needs or what what people need to have in order to fight against the empire and uh it's it's not really hopeful and uh it's not ideal um but this is kind of how saw feels about it so um i think it's an interesting passage but i think we'll read that next next time i hear something and i don't know what that sound is what is that sound listen it's what's that sound our, our look at the sounds of star wars and uh today um we're going to talk about some ewoks just because of this porg talk of the last few weeks um you know we're all about the porgs and it kind of makes me wonder what the porgs are going to sound like um i am no idea sound like, ah, ah, ah. kind of like penguins maybe yeah yeah I think maybe more like, um, oh yeah, you know, um, so we watched The Lost World, uh, the sequel to Jurassic mm-hmm. Park. Remember those little, uh, copies, those little, little dinosaurs? They kind of, they kind of whistled almost. They're like, you know, kind of like, remember? And then they kind of go, yeah. you know, anyway, uh, it's really bad <laughs> imitation of what, what those dinosaurs sound like. I think maybe the porgs are going to sound a little bit like that. More like a, like a high pitched hooting sort of. We'll see. Um, kind of like, I don't know, chipmunk maybe? A chipmunk? Like, oh, oh, like a chittering? Like, yeah, kind of like, yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Just scatter, around. Like that? That's what I was thinking too. Yeah, I don't know. How did you do that? <laughs> are they, are you talking about the, like, the little guys that are, like, this tall? They're, like, mini, like, T-Rexes, yeah, they look li- like, yeah, and they're, like, green? Sag- and they're green? Uh, something. You mean 
copy for short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Where they I get that girl? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're so those. cute, and then when there's a bunch of them, they're terrifying. Yeah. Oh uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I thought back to the other lovable, adorable, possibly deadly beings who we want to hug, the Ewoks, and uh, and I was looking through the book, uh, the Sounds of Star Wars by J.W. Rinsler, and they talked about the language of the Ewoks. Like the words that the Ewoks speak is a mixture of, of several of our actual languages on earth. Right. Uh, you remember we talked about Jawas a while yeah, ago about how, uh, some of the, you know, some of those languages are, yeah. Certain people who speak certain languages can recognize certain words in that language. Same thing with Ewoks. Um, so Ben Burt, the sound designer, uh, was, you know, kind of researching like what's, what are Ewoks going to sound like? He met with an elderly woman from Mongolia and recorded her speaking Kalmuk, which is an indigenous language of Mongolia. And that was the inspiration for Ewok, the Ewok language. And, uh, and then a woman who had no previous acting experience named Adil Crooms was the voice of Wicket. And she used a mixture of mock. Which she was? Yeah. She used a mixture of mock Tibetan, so sort of Tibetan, but not really. Right? And Kalmuk, with this Mongolian language. And a bit of Native American Lakota, which is really oh. Lakota. People, um, you know, live around us. And, uh, and historically, they, you know, where the Lakota nation sort of had lived, was, and still is here uh, in our part of the United States of America, uh, what is now the United States of America. Um, so I feel like there's a kind of a, kind of a weird line that's straddled here with Ewoks. Um, you know, like, like Ben Burt sort of, I think researched language and, and tried to give Ewoks sort of a, uh, the sound of certain people who are living today who, but, but also like we as like white culture might view their language as being a quote primitive language i'm not saying we should view it that way but i feel like that's what he was going for right primitive he, sure like not civilized right like a like a like uh, language of people who live in small villages in the trees instead of in towns and cities right um so so it's interesting right because the idea i think that ben bird had was to have the audience who's watching the movie you know, infer something about these characters, about these Ewoks, based on how they sound, right? But the problem is that you might just be reinforcing stereotypes of indigenous and tribal cultures by doing that, right? So here's these furry, you know, people, I guess, um, although a lot of times in Star Wars they call them creatures, um, you know, living in the trees in small villages, and they eat people. Or they will eat people if, you know, they don't like the people or don't have some sort of relationship with the people, right? Mm -hmm. um, so then when you, when you or give... Or the people aren't nice to them. Sure. That, and and, and they fight by throwing rocks and spears and stuff like that, right? So when you give those... I like those, the way they fight, actually. Sure, yes. But when you give those people the language of, you know, people who actually exist in our own world, right? Then... It gets a little tricky, I think, and well, it's hard it to make up a brand new language, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I know. When the Ewoks fight <laughs> mm -hmm. the stormtroopers, yeah, I realize they don't kill much of them. They well, just knock them out. It seems that way, doesn't it? Yeah. Like when it crashes that ATST, the person inside shouldn't have died. Ooh, it depends on which ATST you're talking about. 
the one where the logs come from each side yeah. and smashes it and then it blows yeah. up. Pretty sure that person died. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh... It's so hard to believe that. But I mean, the cute little furry. <laughs> when the, the Ewok right. dropped that rock on mm. Stormtrooper, Stormtrooper didn't die, didn't? I would think not. Yeah. Just a rock. I, I mean, that's a good gave, point. It could have gave them a really bad concussion. Yeah. But they probably didn't die. And, and you know, there's there's not a lot of canon evidence for what happened to those stormtroopers who got, you know, knocked out by the Ewoks rocks. I think some of the Ewoks arrows, right? They were shooting arrows, weren't they? Yeah, they were. Uh, did, you know, maybe pierce just the right spot of stormtrooper armor and, and kill them. Um, but you're right. Like I think with rocks. What's that? In it. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, the gaps. Yeah, yep. rocks they have helmets on. Right, so maybe they got a concussion and they just kind of passed out for a little bit. Yeah. And then the question is, what did the Rebels and the Ewoks do with those Stormtroopers? I think if it was up to the Rebels, they would, you know, they would take them prisoner. And then give them the choice. We, we learn in the New Republic, um, people who were members of the Empire did, unless they were like high-ranking members, people who were members of, of the Empire, like Stormtroopers and stuff, were given the choice to you know join society and and not they weren't automatically put in prison for the rest of their lives or something like that right okay. because that would just that wouldn't make sense you know they were soldiers fighting a war and basically what happened i think is that you know the new republic gave them a second chance so but but i think if the ewoks had their way they might have enough you know food to live for a long time because they do eat people you know but I think most so. of it. Um, I'm so sad. Most, <laughs> the Ewoks, most, yeah. most of the rebels. Ewoks probably didn't kill that much, many people. Oh, not many. Not many stormtroopers. No. So okay. that's not enough to eat. Oh. So I'm pretty sure they ate who the rebels killed. Oh, well, sure. Oh, wow. We're rebels, go, we're, we're the going, rebels killed all the, all the people yeah, on their way. We're kind of going down a grizzly road here. Yeah, uh, I don't like talking about how the, Ewoks are like... Yeah, I don't know if I want to think about it too much. So, anyway, I think it's problematic to give Ewoks the language and and speaking styles of people who live in our own world. Because what are you saying about those people in our world? And what are you trying to say about the Ewoks by giving them that those languages? And what does that say about your view? And I know, Anna, it is hard to make up a new language. And it's something that I think, you know, uh, people who create fantasy worlds and science fiction are always having to to deal with, right? How do you give someone an accent without making them uh, a stereotype, right? Mm -hmm. It's hard. It's hard. So, But I think it's something that we should think about and think about going forward, too. Like, Ankar Plutt, you know, could have had any number of offensive accents, but he didn't, you know? So that's a good, that's a good thing, I think. Okay, so putting that aside for now, though... Um, we're going to talk about a different sound that we hear on Ender, Endor, Ender, on Ender, we'll hear the sound. Uh, so these are Ben Burt. The Ben Burt is making these sounds, and they're whoops and battle cries and screams that are all made by Ben Burt and, uh, and then kind of looped and stacked on top of each other. And he would use these whenever the Ewoks were fighting. And actually, you know, being someone who who is a I'm a really careful listener of things like sound effects and stuff, I actually it kind of bothers me a little bit because you hear this more than once in the movie, and it does sound like repetition, and it sounds like they're using the same audio audio clip for both 
at are least they? at least two times. I think they are, and they're using them in a little bit of a different way. Uh, you know, a little bit louder one time, a little bit quieter. But when you hear it, you'll you'll probably know what I'm talking about. And I'm gonna play it. I'm just gonna record it right off of this this really cool book that just plays these sound effects here. It's a nice long sound effect here. So <laughs> I hear the yeah. and there was like a kind of thing also going on in the background there. But uh, but yeah, so um, interesting. All of that is Ben Burt. Wow. <laughs> and he just pitched his voice up and layered it and all that stuff. Wow. So, yeah, pretty cool. Wait, he says all that? Yeah, that's him. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't actually sound like that though, right? So he, he adjusted his voice later, right? We, remember how we do that? Remember how I took my voice and I made it higher pitched and so it sounded made, I sounded like a, you. <laughs> he made a sound it's a lot quieter than that, but then but then you just he just mm. or made the volume higher. And oh, like on the computer? In yeah. the computer? Mm, yeah. Okay. Although nineteen eighty three or eighty two or one or whatever they were working on Return of the Jedi, um hmm, there might have been a different way, you know, different machines that could uh, play with the volume not a computer basically right like a soundboard right um which is still how they do it today with a soundboard doing switches and dials and all that stuff so cool ben burt the ewoks <laughs> all right well let's head on over to the news uh, da, 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 da. so uh, i was announced that john powell is the composer for the still untitled han solo movie why is it still untitled? I don't know. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of annoying. What is a composer? Uh, the person who writes the music for the movie. John Williams is the composer of Star Wars music. Okay. Yeah? That's what I thought. So John Powell wrote some of the song or wrote some songs for, or all of the songs for these movies. Chicken Run, Shrek, Robots, Happy Feet. He produced... <gasps> He produced Happy, Happy Feet. Feet. A lot of the, most of the, all of the music, pretty much. And Happy Feet was written by, you know, other people. And then, but he produced the music, like mixing oh. it all together. Uh, Horton hears a Who, which we haven't watched in forever. We should watch yeah, that. Rio, <gasps> uh, and uh, How to Train Your Dragon, which I thought, you know, to kind of get a sense of uh, of How to Train Your Dragon's main theme and maybe you know what we can expect maybe uh, in the still untitled Han Solo movie. Uh, which I think will just be called Solo. We're going to take a listen to How to Train Your Dragon, just a snippet of that theme. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So good it's theme, right? It made us dance. It makes us dance. All right. No, I didn't. I just, I just uh, did it. So cool. Yeah, that was uh, good stuff. That was your yes. dragon music. We like that music. 
That's really nice. So Yeah, it's great. We also like um, the super happy feet and definitely Rio. Oh yeah. And Robots is good too. And Shrek. Yeah, well I mean like those oh, those Shrek those movies, thing. like Shrek good. and well not necessarily Shrek. But uh, but Happy Feet and Rio, I mean, those are like no, but Shrek centered, music is good though. Oh, right? But Happy Feet and Rio are two movies that are like all about the music. They are, you know, like they're yeah. not they're like music is a part of the story. It's basically you know? a musical, which is really yeah, yeah. But where music is actually like a meaningful part of the story, which is really cool, makes me wonder uh, whether or not you know uh, there's going to be especially Happy Feet. Yeah, yeah. Um, wouldn't it be cool if there was, like, a band in, like, one of the main things in the Han Solo movie was, like, some sort of band? Musical band? Cool. <laughs> and then we'd get a lot of, like, in-universe Star Wars music. That'd be really That'd cool. That'd be really cool. Uh, yeah. So, so that was pretty big news. Uh, also big news, according to Hollywood Reporter, uh, and this John Powell news is, like, official, official, StarWars.com. Uh, posted that but uh but this one's according to hollywood reporter which is it's pretty much official they don't even say like rumored to be or anything like that they just say this is the case uh jack thorne is going to write episode nine uh which you know it has been up until this point written by colin trevorrow and colin trevorrow is directing episode nine so this will be you know the last jedi's coming out in december and then in a year and a half so not the May after, not next May, but so the May after that. Basically, uh, we're pretty sure that Jack Thorne is going to write it. Yes, one. almost positive. Almost Hollywood so. Reporter doesn't really say things unless they know for sure. Like that's that's pretty much 99%. the case. Ninety nine percent. Ninety nine percent. Yep. Okay. And uh, so, so like Thorne is going to take the script that Colin Trevorrow has written, and then he's going to write like his version of it. Probably change a lot but probably not everything. And the story itself is more than likely going to stay pretty much the same, but he's going to put his own spin on it. Wait, they're already pretty... writing it? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. They start they're shooting. All... They start shooting in January. What? Yeah. Like right after the last Jedi comes out, they're going to wow. start making this one. Yeah. It only comes out a year and a half later. Wow. Remember five months after the last Jedi comes you know out. What episode eight was being made when the force awakens was in theaters. I think it was it was starting. It, it was being yeah. written. Yep. Oh, definitely written. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think they even started shooting. So the last Jedi is coming out this December, and then five months later in May, we will have the Han Solo <gasps> movie. So and then a year after that, we'll have Episode Nine. It'll be in May, the year after that. So, nice. yeah, really cool. Yeah. And um, but it's pretty common for like another writer to be brought on to a script, especially with, with a movie like this, where it's like a big, you know, franchise movie, you know, like Marvel movies and DC movies always have a lot of times they'll have more than one, more than one writer on it. Um, but I'm pretty happy about this cause I've been kind of a little worried about Colin Trevorrow because of some of the inexcusable sexism in Jurassic world that I thought was just totally uncalled for. Uh, so I welcome this news. And I'm less scared now that Ray will learn a lesson that in order to be a good person, she has to want to have a child, which is basically the lesson that the female character learned in Jurassic World, which was total, Literally. total, total bunk. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'm a little, I'm a little overly critical of Jurassic World, I think, but, but still, I, I don't know. I'm, I almost don't even want you kids to watch it. I mean, it's also like pretty scary and violent compared to the other Jurassic Park movies, but, but there's just, ugh, 
just ugh, the lessons are not good. I don't think. Daddy, so, we know that they're not good. Yeah, I know. Told us. <laughs> I know. I know. That's true. It's not like you're gonna get like fooled. Right. Like. Ever since you watched Jurassic World, you've been a horrible sexist. You know, that's that's not it's not gonna happen. So yeah, we know uh, better than that. <laughs> uh, a nice little fandom crossing tidbit: uh, Thorne, Jack Thorne, remember, who is writing the script for Episode Nine yes. now, is also adapting the His Dark Materials trilogy for the BBC. So he is the person who is writing the television version of his dark materials literally yeah oh my gosh i have a feeling this is gonna be really good (laughs) yeah and just because we're such huge fans of the his dark materials books um i'm gonna read this quote that philip pullman the author of the books said about jack thorne as a writer he said i'm delighted to welcome jack thorne as writer on the tv dramatization of his dark materials jack is a writer of formidable energy and range and i've greatly enjoyed talking to him and learning about his plans for bringing his dark materials to the screen i'm certain he'll do a superb job and i look forward to seeing the whole project develop as he shapes the story and now i'm worried that since he's getting this writing gig for Star Wars, he might not be writing <laughs> his dark materials. I hope it doesn't take him away from writing this, you know, this TV show. Um, because it sounds like Philip Pullman really respects him, and that's important. I think that they have a good working relationship. Anyway, um, little fun fact uh, Jack Thorne also wrote the screen adaptation of the book Wonder. Literally? Yeah. So that movie that's coming out. This Jack Thorne person is going to be so <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so so we're looking forward to that movie coming out because we really love that book. Yes, we do. Oh, Although love, I got to say, look, it. watching the trailer for that movie, I don't know. Not sure if it's going to be as good as the book, but well, we'll see. Most movies aren't. That's true. Uh, in a little bit of comic news, Kieran Gillen, who wrote the, the Darth Vader comic, which now you both have finished, right? No, Anna, you still... No. That's right, we had to return some to the library. But you read a lot of it. Um, he's going to be writing the main Star Wars comic now, instead of Jason Aaron. And uh, he's kind of taking it in a new direction. So Jason Aaron was always writing, and Liam, you know this, so and Anna, is. you know this too. Uh, Kieran Gillen is his name. Uh, so you know like the the Star Wars story up until now in the comics is kind of a lot of... A lot of it's been about Luke sort of learning about Jedi a little bit. and. Yeah his Jedi past and stuff like that. Well, Kieran Gillen's going to kind of flip that a little bit and have it be now it's more about the, the rebellion and the military side of things. And we're going to see because the rebellion just destroyed the death star not too long ago. They're still, you know, they're, they're doing good. Right. And Luke and Han and Leia are kind of learning more things and they're becoming bigger kind of, uh, presences in the empire, in the, in the empire, in the rebellion. Uh, so the first arc that he's writing for this comic is going to be, uh, he said, we basically get a rogue one star Wars intersection. The first story arc is going to have Luke, Leia and Han landing on Jeddah. What? Yep. And think of what Jeddah looks like now. This is after the Death Star. Oh, uh-huh. So he says, because I really just want to see Luke respond to discovering people like Jin, discovering the people who led to him being able to take a shot at the Death Star. So he's learning about what did it take, you know? He's learning about the story of Rogue One, basically. Luke is desperately seeking... Awesome. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he, says, he says, Luke is desperately seeking the Force, and of course, it's one of the holiest cities in the universe, Jedi <gasps> City. It rhymes. And it's Luke been is desperately up. seeking the Force, and of course, mm. 
That's a that's a Lin Manuel Miranda rhyme there. Yeah, it is. Luke is desperately seeking the force, and of, of course, course it's one of the holiest cities in the universe, and it's been blown up. <laughs> he added. Uh, he says in parentheses. Uh, so the key, <laughs> the key image, Kieran Gillen says, is Luke standing in the hole where the Death Star blew it up. Blew what? Up, blew up Jetta City. Yeah. What? I know. What? I know. What? That's the cover. Look at that. He's standing. Whoa. That is like Jetta, the Jetta City hole. Um, yeah. So he says that visiting Jetta will also be a powerful moment for Leia. After being recently forced to watch the Death Star obliterate her home planet Alderaan. All right. Uh-huh. And uh, so I was watching this interview kind of that... Uh, ABC News was doing it. It was almost like a podcast. It was like this half an hour long thing. Matt Martin from the Story Group was on there, and uh, and the uh, the editor of the Marvel Star Wars comics was on there, and Kieran Gillen, and they were all like in different rooms and stuff, talking over Skype and stuff. But but it was really cool. It was but it was ABC News. But it was like this half hour geek out program about one issue of a Star Wars comic. About it, like the Darth Vader issue number four. It was really weird, but it was awesome. Anyway, so Kieran Gillen said that there is a neo-partisan group on Jetta. So neo means like a new partisan, right? Like a, the new version. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to talk about some neo-partisans later on in the show in our canon news segment. But for now, I would like to introduce a new segment to the show. And mm-hmm. Liam, I'm wondering if you could possibly sing the theme song for this new segment. And the name of the new segment is Ron Howard shares stuff on Twitter and Instagram. Okay. So because because every single episode we have is from here until Han Solo comes out is going to have Ron Howard sharing, Ron Howard sharing stuff on Twitter and Instagram. So Liam, do you think you can make up a Ron Howard shares stuff on Twitter and Instagram song? I don't know. I kind of got an idea in my head, but I don't know if the listeners will like it. Okay. Well, let's, let's hear it. See. Okay, Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Okay. Do you think it's possible if you come back to me later and then I and then I could say it and then you could edit it in because <laughs> yes. I don't really Ron Howard share stuff on Twitter and Instagram. All right. So, here's a uh, working out a shot with cinematographer Bradford Young for the Untitled Han Solo movie. So and uh, Bradford Young Can I see the depressed alien? Yeah, there is a, there's an alien in the corner. Uh, so, Bradford Young was the cinematographer before Ron Howard was brought on. Remember, there was that director shakeup, right? Remember, it was. Did I say shakeup? Shakeup. Shakeup. It's like a cross between shakeup and Jacob. But Bradford Young, the cinematographer, so the person who kind of makes the 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 movie look how it looks, right? Like. Ron Howard saying, "Ah, oh, shoot it from this angle, or shoot it from over here, right?" But the cinematographer is saying, "Ah, oh, we need light that's going to look like this. We need to use this kind of lens. We need to, you know." So he really, the cinematographer is going to make it look the same, right, throughout the whole movie. So they didn't change the cinematographer. So that, that's an important that's, thing to know. And uh, and there is an alien sitting in the corner, which. <laughs> He or she has this big kind of space helmet on, looks like. Uh, pretty cool looking guy or gal. Liking, liking that person. Uh, yeah, and then Ron Howard also says, uh, These droids can be so darn intractable. 
but we'll go until we get it right. And then there's a photo of Ron Howard kind of yelling at a uh, R2 unit, an astromech <laughs> that has, uh, instead of blue like R2, uh, the, the markings are kind of gold. So that's cool. Um, you know, uh, kind of good to know. I guess we'll see astromechs, right? It's a Han Solo movie. It's not like we're working with the Rebellion, but there's astromechs everywhere. Astromechs are everywhere, people. Everywhere. Yeah. Start seeing astromechs. I should get a bumper sticker. That's our, our, our next bumper sticker. Start seeing astromechs. Literally. Yep. Uh, so there's a new virtual reality experience coming to the Disney uh, Disney parks. And this is separate from the Galaxy's Edge that we talked about, right? So this is not going to be part of Galaxy's Edge, as but far as Galaxy's we know. That's the Star Wars land, right? Right. Uh, so this is going to be something... Do you remember when we were at... That we will buy. Something that we will buy. That's what it's going to be. Oh, no, you go there and you do it. Yeah, yeah, it's not like a video game you can buy. No! Um, no. Well, if we go there, maybe we can do it. Um, yeah. Maybe. So, remember when we were at Wisconsin Dells, which is yes. like this place? Remember that virtual reality thing they had where you went in the room and there were like, like, uh, I think it was, I don't know if it was like a zombie Dark hunt Calahari. or something like that. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. It was yeah. like zombies. Too. Yeah, yeah. So like, you, but you go in this room and you walk around it and, and there's like, steps and a platform and you can walk up to that platform and it and when you're in vr it looks like a different kind of platform right it doesn't look just like wood and wooden steps right so i think what this is going to be is like that where it's not just what you see it's what you hear and smell i guess and and all of your senses right not just vision so you can walk around yes. and you can climb up stuff because it's all going to be in the right spot because it's relative to where you are Wait, that's like room. my dream vr experience <laughs> I know. feel you mean like you'll be in a room and there'll be like a climbing wall Right. So if you have to climb I, in your video game thing, I think so. And then you go to the climbing wall, you put right. your hand out in the right spot, <laughs> well, yeah, you know yeah, it yeah. is, and then so cool. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the idea. Uh, who oh, knows? We need to go. Where are we going? Where? Is well, that it's going to be at the Disney parks, so Disney World and Disneyland. Um, so there's an image. Go. There's an image here that they released of of you know kind of like an advertising image, and when I first saw it, I was like, oh, that looks kind of cool, but I don't really know what I'm looking at. But look in the background. That's Vader. Oh. It's Vader's castle. Oh my god. On Mustafar. And oh here's a god. here's a That's looks a like K2 a K2 droid. A bad K2. Droid. Well, who knows, right? I think there's stormtroopers up on this little ship shooting at these kids <laughs> with VR glasses on or this kid has a VR glass glasses on. Yeah, immersive oh virtual reality. Oh, I Pretty really, cool. Really really need I know. to do this Bye. thing so, so bad it looks really it. fun it looks really fun and you know like normally I, I don't even think i would have mentioned that but the since there's a chance that we're going to be going to disney at some point now i'm kind of like looking at these things and actually reading about them because i want to know what's available right yeah it's <laughs> kind of weird yeah it's, it's strange strange to think about that i we know could actually go. <laughs> Wait, no, we're not going to disneyland we're going to galaxy's edge right well, Galaxy's Edge is going to be part of Disneyland and Disney World. It's going to be in the park. Yeah. It is? Yep. So they're connected? Yes. Oh, yep. I didn't know that. Yep, although, like, when you're in Galaxy's Edge, it'll feel... You won't be able to see any of the other park. It's so big. I mean, it's like... It's as big as, to put it in a way you kids can understand... It's going to be as big as my hometown. Literally. Oh yeah, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a town. Like it's so big. It's going to be as big as my hometown. 
Wow. Which is a small town, I mean, a very small town in it North is. Dakota. I but it would be bigger. Oh, really? Well, it might be. It might be. I don't know. I think it's bigger to fit all that stuff in <laughs> it might. It very well could be. Yeah. It's <laughs> anyway. It's definitely bigger. I mean, like, to go from one side to the other, you might want to get on, like, a, you know, some sort of, oh, you know, like, when they <laughs> when they arrive at Yavin Base and you see that one person driving that little stand-up thing and there's, like, people sitting on the back of it. Anyway, Do you that's, those that's what I imagine. Running yeah, around. yeah, that's what I imagine. Oh yeah, to and be. you can like take it. Yeah, you just that's you cool. just like hop on and off of them like you do like they do on Yavin. It's like right, just raise your hand. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. It's totally it doesn't cost money. You just hop on and hop off. That's for, like, so true. It would well, it would not. Well, it's like it's a taxi. Moving. It would not cost money. It's like a taxi, yeah, but no money. Yeah. moving. Well, that might be a little dangerous while it's moving, but yes. Well, if it's going slow. So, yeah. If it's not like our car. The possibilities are endless, Liam. So, endless. one last bit of news that has caused such a stir on Twitter. Uh, Stephen Melching, who writes for Star Wars Rebels, posted an image of uh, the design for Rex in Season 4 of Rebels. And he matched the design of that old trooper on Endor in Return of the Jedi. The old guy with the white beard. I think you guys have seen those photos before, right? There's like that image of all the troopers kind of like huddling next to the the base on Endor, and one of the rebe rebel troopers is an old guy with a white beard. Nope, I yeah. don't oh. remember that. Well, anyway, so Dave Filoni kind of sort of mentioned that in his mind he likes to imagine that that's Rex, right? And then, uh, and then it was posted on Twitter by one of the writers that you know, like a photo a side-by-side -side photo and say look what's happening right and everybody was like whoa he's rex and um yeah it's it's just like there's a big huge uh is he rex? Is that well different? no he kind of walked it back he said no nah, i wasn't saying that this guy's rex for sure um but a lot of fans got really mad about it right because um this is something that happens a lot in in movies and tv and stuff a lot of times when there's like maybe there's a comic, right? And the main character in the comic is Japanese, right? But then when an American studio makes a movie, they put a, a, a white American in that role instead of a Japanese person, right? Mm -hmm. And that's called whitewashing, okay? So, I mean, it, it happens, you know? It, it, it happens a lot. It happens way more than it should. Uh, well, it shouldn't happen at all. Um, so a lot of people saw that as uh, saw this as whitewashing because Rex is Maori, right? Like uh, Tamura Morrison, the guy who plays Django Fett in in Attack of the Clones, right? Mm -hmm. uh, is a person of color, right? I mean, he's not white, right? Um, and and in the Clone Wars and in Rebels, like when you see Rex and the clones and stuff, they're not white, but this guy on Endor is white. So if they're saying that. Rex is that guy. Now, I want to know what you kids think about this, right? Like, if they're saying that this guy in Return of the Jedi, which was made in 1983, is Captain Rex, right? Now, do, what do you think about that? Do you think that's a good thing that they do that or not? Because well, are they saying... it's never confirmed that he is. No, and it hasn't been. So are you saying it's not even worth talking about? Right. <laughs> All right. So, wow. You just cut through... A uh, week exactly. of Twitter arguments. <laughs> that was exactly what I was trying to say. Um, I'd do that same thing. Mm -hmm. 
So yeah, yeah, that's that's yet. true. That's true. And I don't so think a lot, it um, is that. Well, it could it could be it could be. I on the one hand, it makes me happy that Rex lives that long, right? Yeah. Uh, although I think by then he would well he would look quite a bit older, you know, because he ages at twice the rate. Remember, clones do. Um, every one year is two years for them, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so then a lot of it's funny because people who really care about this stuff are disagreeing, and they both care in the same way. Some people are saying. You're turning a person of color into a white person. Kind of like how they do when you take that, you know, main character who's Japanese and put no, a white... No, I, no, I know. I know, I know. I know, but if, if it was, let's just, let's just humor me, okay? Okay, um, pretend it was. Got it. But then there's other people saying, no, no, no. What they're doing is they're taking this white person who's in this, in this old movie and turning that person into a person of color. Into a Maori oh. person. And isn't this great that now this person who was in Return of the Jedi is um, is Rex, who is not white, you know? Yeah. But when you look at the person in, in the movie, you still see a white person. They're Daddy. not going to change Return of the Jedi, right? Daddy. So the older you get, your skin changes color. It can change. Not, uh, not like, yeah. like yeah. changing. Like you, you can get more tan. Yeah. You can get tan. You can not... You could get, so, some people do get lighter, although that's yeah, usually um, a skin that condition. Person, but yeah. Rex could have got mm. white. Yeah. It's possible. But that's, but that, that would be a problem, I think, like looking at diversity and looking at, you know, whether or not that should be part of the story. Making a person of color white is, is a problem, right? Yeah, it is. Uh, so, and it would even be worse if they had like an excuse for it. Mm, yeah, 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 exactly. So... I don't know. It's really interesting to me, though, too, because like it makes sense. I agree with those people who are saying that they turned him and he they turned him into a black person. Mm. I mean, because the Return of the Jedi was made before that. Yeah, yeah, and also that person had like a second of screen time, you know. Right. And Rex, we know very well, right? We know that that's who Rex is, you know. So I don't know. Um, it's just you know, I honestly I'm kind of. I, I can see both sides and the thing, and the reason I can see both sides and agree with them is because they both come from the same place. They come from a place of caring about diversity. They come from this, they agree that we should, you know, like the people who like it and the people who don't like it are on the same page when it comes to diversity, but they just disagree with this one thing. It's really interesting to me. Uh, I mean, it's probably not the only thing they disagree with, but they're arguing so much. And I'm like, no, you, you're, you're on the same side. You really are. It's just, um, it's just a difference of how you, how you look at it. Right. I look um, at it the happy I think, way. Yeah, I'm being an optimist. Well, well, yeah, but I mean, there's nothing wrong with, with True. looking at it in a negative way either. I don't think. And I wouldn't even but have to see it as negative. Oh, that sure. To be critical. Look at it, but I think the one where they, they, Okay, here's the thing. Uh-huh. So there's like a Japanese movie where the mm-hmm. person's Japanese. Mm-hmm. And then they come across, then they make another movie, and none, and I mean, I'm not like trying to be racist or anything, mm-hmm. but what if there's one white person who's like, like completely outrules all of them and like they're like totally the best actor Mm mm-hmm 
then why should they pick a bad actor? Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, so so you're saying okay, well, um, because that well because that's not really the case. That that isn't what happens. It's more of what the studios think is going to sell, right? Who you know they're they're they think the people in America won't go to a movie that has a lead that's maybe Japanese and maybe a lot of people don't know them because because they haven't been given big roles, right? There's amazing actors of every color and every nationality and every ethnicity, right? I know. So, so there's no excuse for not being able to find a really good actor to fit a role if, if, True. if that role is specifically, you know. I guess. But, but I, but I understand what you're saying, and you know, you you do want them to go with the best person for the role. Right. So, is the best person for a role that should be. Uh, person of color is the if the is the best person for that role a white person no it's just not so that's not even part of the equation then you take that out of the equation that makes sense yeah um but you know uh in star wars we we retcon things that's uh you know like changing the the thing the thing that was a thing and that is now a different thing but anyway i just thought i thought you kids should know about this because it's something that people have been thinking about on Twitter and people been talking about, and I just thought it'd be something that we could just talk about. I get your thoughts on. They um, they should just confirm whether he mm, is or not. That would solve everything. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think they're probably going to come out and just say he's not. Probably. But what's cool is he is wearing the same kind of gear that those those troopers are those rebel troops are wearing on Endor, and that in itself is cool, right? That means the rebellion is, you know. Maybe some of the people that we see who are who's wearing that same outfit are some people we see on Endor, you know, in Return of the Jedi. So many years later, remember, Rebels takes place before A New Hope. So, anyway, let's head on over to Canon News. The Canon News song, yeah, the Canon News song, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that Rex stuff was not Canon, <laughs> but now we're gonna head on over to Canon News. But now we're here at Canon News. So, uh, from Inferno Squad, which I am quite a long ways into already because it's on my phone and not an actual book, which means I'm reading it way faster. Some of what was left of Sagarera's partisans became a group called the Dreamers. So they're not the partisans anymore, they're the Dreamers. Although they still do refer to themselves as Sagarera's partisans when, you know, when they want to make an impact, right? Uh, so they're, uh, they're still separate from the Rebel Alliance. They're not part of the Rebel Alliance. Uh, they're still fighting more dirty, you know, not worrying if innocents get killed uh, during their actions. I mean, not of course the way they, to go about it. Of course, they don't want to have innocents get killed, but it's not a priority of theirs to protect innocent people. It's to defeat the Empire, right? So it's not a spoiler, I don't think, to say that much of the book Inferno Squad deals with these dreamers, like they're a big, huge part of it. And it's interesting to see there's one member of these dreamers who is called the mentor. And I don't know who it is yet, but there's some pretty big hints that it's someone who is from the clone wars. And I'm really hoping that it's who I think it is, but I'm not going to say it in case it's a spoiler and I'm right. So I'm not going to. My ear again, I forget. Uh, also a little bit of extra canon news, Alton Castle, 
the voice of Holonet News, is still broadcasting after the Battle of Yavin. So Alton Castle, we see in Rebels. Uh, he is on one of the hologram, you know, hollow news people that we see reporting on how the Rebels, uh, the Rebel Cell, the Spectre team, right? Uh, Hera's Rebels, right? Are, um, are, you know, just, they blew up uh, Minister Tua, right? Remember he blamed yeah. it on them? Yeah. That's sad. So, uh, but like way back before Rebels even aired, uh, there were these little news clips and all you would hear, you would say, I'm Alton, I'm Alton Castle. And he would like say a little like 30 second news clip about how, you know, this statue was torn down because it was in disrepair or the Wookiees were, the Wookiee Rebellion was squashed or something like that, right? And you just got to see a little bit of what the Empire sort of propaganda they put out with their news, um, with their fake news. Uh, so, so yeah, Alton Castle. Love that name. And I love how he sounds. And I did not know this until I was researching how does he sound this. Again? I'm Alton Castle. And it is voiced by uh, Steve Blum, who does the voice of Zeb, which oh. is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Really cool. All right. Well, it's been a while. We haven't had a joke. I just haven't been in a joking mood. But uh, we're back with the bang this time. Oh, let's, yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go have a joke. <laughs> Laugh it up, fuzzball. Okay. Here we go. How do you unlock Maz Kanata's heart? I. With a Wookiee. That's what you meant by you had a good, jo jo good joke for the mm. podcast. With a Wookiee. Key, basically. With, with a Wookiee. With a Wookiee. You unlock her heart with, with a, a Wookiee. Like Chewbacca. Oh, like, like you the love key. the Wookiee. So the, the Wookiee unlocks their heart because right. you love them, but also you have a key. key. The yeah. Yeah. You gotta have the Wookiee. The Wookiee. The Wookiee. Because, I mean, if it didn't have the keyboard in there, uh -huh. that'd just be a really bad joke. With a wuh? Yeah, that'd be kind of weird. No, no, like, <laughs> like you say Wookie because oh. Wookie oh, and Oh, like with an wook. Ewok? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> walk and Ewok. Okay. E All right. Walk. Yes. Walk. I love how we dissect the joke after I tell it. It's great. <laughs> just takes all the... Just adds all the fun <laughs> to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, do you kids have any questions for the question on the answer council? Um, anything? Anything you want to talk nah, about? Nah, not really. Wait, yeah. one sec. I have a question. Okay. What's your favorite dot on the ceiling? What's our, my favorite dot on the ceiling? Okay, so so we're in uh, my bedroom and we got a popcorn ceiling. And uh, honestly, Anna, I lay awake some mornings asking myself that same question. What is my favorite dot on the ceiling? Anna, do you have a favorite dot? Oh, Anna's, Anna, Anna, just, Anna just got up. She's pointing to the dot right now. There. She's pointing to the dot. It's actually multiple dots. Oh, it's the dots. It's at, about, it. it's at about like 1 o'clock. Uh, if, if I looked at one, my 1 o'clock, it's, uh, it's about a foot up the wall, maybe. Like seven it. inches up the wall. It's my favorite dot ever. Yeah. My, All right, my what's your favorite, favorite dot, dot on the popcorn ceiling, Liam? Is this one right here. This that one right there? No. 
Okay, you guys, you guys remember which dots these are, and I'll take pictures of them, and I'll put them up on the website, uh, childrenoftheforest.com, and we will, uh, I'll put like an arrow pointing to the dot in the picture. Uh, I have a favorite dot, uh, but I can't, I'm not going to get it. It's that one, it's the big one up there, you see it? The big one, Anna, I bet you can see it. I bet you're going to point right to it when, yep, no, to the left a little bit. That, the big one to the left. Yeah, that one. No, over, to the left. Liam, it's the one to the left. This yeah, that one. That's the one. That's my favorite. That's my favorite dot on our popcorn ceiling. All right. So. Uh, so I want to. So I want to. I want to. Um, no, I want to open this up to the listeners at home, though. Uh, so listeners at home, uh, you can email us at uh, you know uh, what forcechildren at gmail .com and let us know what your favorite. Uh, dot is on our ceiling. <laughs> How <will they> know? <laughs> well, I'll post a photo of the whole ceiling, a and then they can, they can pick which dot. Is How will they pick which dot? Oh dot? my lord! Gonna, am I going to leave that in the show? Yes, yes. Oh. Daddy, Daddy. Oh, that's painful. Daddy, no, Daddy. I have a question and answer console. <laughs> what, what's your question and answer console? What's question? your favorite tissue? Put that down right now. My favorite tissue in the garbage. No, put it down. Don't. No. No, no, we're done. We're done. No. No. Okay, yes. Wow. That's disgusting. I'm not posting a photo of my my bedside trash can tissues. <laughs> I, I will not. Okay. Well, um... I think that's going to be it for today, uh, after that ridiculousness. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to episode 78 of Children of the Force. And, as always, thank you to those who support us over on patreon.com slash childrenoftheforce. And it's been a while since I've really talked about Patreon, but uh, school is coming up, which means our regular schedule of weekly shows is about to start up again. Uh, you can support us over on Patreon to help us to maintain the level of podcasting that we've done so far. And if you can become a supporter, if you're not already, it will help us to do even more. And you may have heard us talking about going to Star Wars Celebration in 2019. This will be much more likely to happen if we can up our Patreon game, right? So if everyone listening... And then we can tell you guys, we'll have a whole podcast uh, telling you guys about it. Oh, at least, oh, many, probably. But if everyone listening just supported us at like the $1 mark, meaning a dollar a month, or if one-fifth of you supported us at the $5 per month uh, level, it would basically pay our... That would, that would pretty much pay our way to celebration. Yeah, I mean, like if every listener did a dollar a month, that would be... That would pay for most of our celebration. I mean, it's in two years. We have two years until celebration. So, you know, we would save that up. And I mean, obviously, uh, our... Our patron and we would podcast all the time. Oh yeah, and our you know we so we have goals right, and our fifteen dollars a month was our initial goal because I wanted to pay, I wanted to pay for what it costs to podcast right, with what it costs to host our episodes and and have the childrenoftheforce.com website and and uh, you know the occasional technical thing that I might need to buy like a program to record audio off the internet or. Um, 
or, um, you know, the book, even books, right? Because I'm buying books and I'm talking about the books on the show. And that's, you know, that's all part of the podcast. Um, if we didn't have this podcast, I probably wouldn't buy books. I would just wait for them to come to the library and read them whenever I got around to it. But I feel like, you know, it's my job to, to really keep up. It's and, not your job. Well, no, it's not my job, but I want to do this podcast. I want to do a good job. So, you know, I am buying these books and I, you know, anyway, um, so he's buying it for us and you, not only himself. Well, that's true. He's buying it for you. Oh, too. sure. I mean, it's not like I don't enjoy it, but I'm also buying it. Yes. For our listeners. So, uh, but anyway, if, if everybody supported in some monetary way, you could get us to celebration, which, you know, we really want to go to. And we would give you this awesome kid's eye view and dad's eye view of Star Wars in a way that we've never and done mom's before. And mom's eye probably. Well, sure, because your mom would be coming with us too. So we would be reporting from Celebration and from Star Wars Land, uh, you know, Disney willing, uh, assuming it's open. And it would be us and, assuming, and not us. Yeah, it'd be us. Right. I mean, right. We've, we've loved the reporting that we've yeah, had from Celebrations. Uh, Nick from there's, Celebration there's London. There's BB Kate. Well, yeah, we had Emily and that's right. Um, Emily and Amy yeah. from and then who else? Celebration, and then Nick from Celebration Nick, London. Right, Nick. Yeah, I mean, it was yeah, we've had some Somebody awesome, Nick awesome from reporting. London. Yeah. Not, not Nick. Nick from London. Nick from London. Middle name from last name London. Right. <laughs> uh, right. So here's the thing. We're only able to do this podcast because I don't work full time. Right. Uh, I'm a teaching assistant who works a little over half time, which gives me enough time to maintain our house, cook meals, clean when I'm able to get you kids off to school, be here when you get home, do 99% of the household shopping and do this podcast. Uh, I love my job. I love working at my job. I love doing this halftime, but, uh, but I make peanuts and what? <laughs> I make, I don't make, I don't literally make peanuts. Yes, you do. No, yes, you I do. just, I've uh, seen you do it. You're just <laughs> trying to hide your powers. <laughs> it means I don't make a lot of money. Uh, but this uh, is the situation which allows us to continue doing the podcast, right? This is our situation that allows us to do this. That I have this time, right? And trust me when I tell you... Our mom you, makes the most money. <laughs> you know, that's a good segue, Anna. Trust me when I tell you that every fiber of my being tells me that it is not proper to talk about money. Especially in a public forum like a podcast. But here I am asking for donations, which makes me very uncomfortable. It really does. But I'm doing it anyway. Uh, this podcast has never been about making money and it never will be. It's not the reason I'm doing this. Uh, I still maintain but my opposition. But if we are doing it. Yeah. Well, we, if you guys want to still hear us, then it's easier to do this podcast with your help. Well, that's true. So you're helping us. That's, and yeah, that's. Only if you do that. Not only money helps us, you can send us... Reviews and stuff. Oh, and reviews on that iTunes. That makes us feel better about You can subscribe. That's true. So that means you're confident. That's true. And, you know, um, we, we try to make this this show the best for our listeners by not having advertising on the show. I am opposed to advertising on our show. Some podcasters do do it, target, babe. and that's totally fine. <laughs> yeah, that's totally fine that some people have advertising on their show. I understand why they would. I really don't want to have it on this show, and 
I mean, I am. I, I will you say that. Money for it. I will say that I am open to changing my mind about advertising in the future, but I don't want to. I don't want to change my mind. I want to not have advertising. I want to keep doing what we're doing, and I want to do more than what we're doing. And I know that that will be less likely unless we can get more support over on Patreon. And instead of getting a few bucks from some faceless, nameless advertiser, I'd feel much better about all of this if we were to get that support from the people who listen to our show and who get yes. something out of it. Yes. That just makes me feel better. Um, it also makes me feel more accountable. I feel like I need to do a better job because our listeners are actually, you know, like giving us money to do this, you know, like that really right. makes me feel like it puts a weight on my shoulders, but it also makes me feel really good about what we're doing because people like it, you yeah, know? Yeah, people um, like us. So, so maybe, you know, you've been considering donating. Maybe you haven't, but if you have it in your budget, we'd really appreciate a dollar a month, you know? Um, that would be awesome. And if you're really generous, $5 a month would be really, <laughs> well, really, really more awesome. More than we but, need. But it's not, even, it's not even okay. a matter of generosity, right? Because, you know, it's just some people just don't have the ability to do that. Right. If you're you know, generous and, fine. and like, have the no ability. Well, yeah. Sure. <laughs> if you don't uh, have the ability, only, don't do it. Oh, please but don't. Please well, don't. Yeah, but don't only... put yourself in Only debt, if you sure. have it in your budget and yeah. you want to do it. Sure, exactly. And, and of course, we love... That you listen. Yes, and we, we will never charge for that. We'll never make anyone pay to listen to the show ever. Every episode we've ever done is free to download whenever you want. Never charging money for it. Not going to happen. Uh, but if you feel like donating, patreon.com slash children of the force. That would be awesome. Our new goal. It was $15 a month. We've passed that. I have a new goal. And this new goal is going to get us to Star Wars Celebration. And that's $100 a month. What? I don't know if it's possible, but... A dollar a month, you get a shout-out on the show. $5 a month, you get to come on the show. You've heard people who have donated $5 a month uh, on this show, and you will hear more people who donate $5 a month. Because there are more people month. that we still need to yep, talk to. that we're still getting to. And, uh, and it will happen, and... And you will hear them, and we would love to have more people on this show. Um, once school starts, the scheduling is going to be a lot easier, which seems counterintuitive, but yes, is it true. Does. It's so true. So, so that's our Patreon pitch, and it's been a long time since I've made one, uh, and it'll probably that, be a while that until was really long. it'll be a while until I make another one. Right? You know, I like to just do it all at once. Yeah, and uh, that's nice. and not have to I'm having it. to bore everyone uh, every, with episode, every episode. Right, exactly. <laughs> Can we just skip this part? Uh huh. Yeah. Like, oh, you've already listened to this. Yep. We're not gonna do it. Mm -hmm. You don't need to say it. Or we already did it. No. Right. No. That's when you do the 15, 15, 15, 15. Oh, they're still talking about it. 15, 15, 15. Oh, they're still talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's. I I listen to podcasts. I do the fifteen seconds forward thing. I know you do that. I know you do it. No, it's good. I don't blame you. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we hope to see you over on Patreon. And if we don't, that's fine. We're just we're really glad you listen. So uh, other ways you can support us are, you know, retweeting us or replying, <laughs> retweeting us or, or replying to something <laughs> we write or, or liking something that we write on Twitter. <laughs> and you can share stuff that we do on Facebook. Like our Facebook page and, uh, you know, share this episode. On Facebook, we are... 
Children of the Force. And you could send us an email.、Uh, you could answer our、uh, question and answer council、uh, question about what dot is your favorite on our ceiling、uh, by sending us an email at forestchildrenatgmail.com. And、uh, check out those photos of the dots on our ceiling <laughs> over at our website, which is. www.childrenofthefors.com Dot com slash children of the force to leave us a voicemail. We love voicemails、uh, that we will almost positively play on the show. And finally, leave us a review on iTunes. You know, click the star,、uh, that's awesome and super fast.、Uh, the, the fifth star in the row of five, if you,、uh, if you would, that'd be awesome. But also, leave us a written review because those help even more.、Um, just write, you know, really like this podcast. That's all. That's all you got to do. And、uh, that's it. That's it. So, for Children of the Force, I'm Al. I'm Anna. I'm William. And may the Force be with you.